Good morning. Taps, yes. We're all going to go for our tax forms. Right, so um, as some of you may or may not know, today is my first ever sermon. So I managed to get through almost 25 years in church, having to preach, and uh, I got ambushed, and today we are doing Luke 20, verse 20, so I, I, I'm looking forward to it, honestly. Uh, please be gentle with me, that's all I can say. Okay, so let's start by reading the passage we're talking about today, which is Luke 20, verses 20 to 26. Let's start a little bit earlier to give a bit of context. So, starting in verse 19, uh, in the NOV, it says, The teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him, which is Jesus, immediately, because they knew that he had spoken this parable against them. But they were afraid of the people. And into the main verse itself. Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies, who pretended to be honest. They hoped to attack Jesus in something he said, so they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. So the spies questioned him. Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right, and that you do not show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their duplicity and said to them, Show me denarius, whose portrait and inscription are on it. Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. They were unable to trap him in what he had said, there in public. And astonished by his answer, they became silent. Mm. So what is this verse about? Mm. It's about tax, isn't it? <laughs> we're talking about denarius, we're talking about Caesar, we're talking about the authority, we're talking about giving money to governments. Uh, I, I don't think, do you guys remember your first pace that we had tax? Mm. Oh yeah, exactly, oh. exactly. Oh. Emergency <laughs> 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 tax. Yes. I, I remember clearly, I was, I was Working, I was working as a, a, a lab technician in, in Vision Express, and my hourly wage was £2.45. No, no. I'm surprised I got taxed at all, but uh, I did. I remember getting my first, my first pay packet. See, opening up my big side plate, opening up my packet, and there was this line taxed. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Come on, this is not real. But it is. And tax, as Ben Johnson said, there are two things in life we can't avoid. Death and taxes. So, let's progress and talk about tax. And our first point in tax is treachery. Oh. There we are. I thought I'd take a bit of a, a, bit of a different journey there. So, um, today is going to be a three-point zone. T is for treachery. A is for authenticity. And X, well, we'll get to that when we get to that. So, Mystery. Mystery, that's yes. right, absolutely. <laughs> yes, well, yes, think about it, think about it. Don't, don't think about it too much. <laughs> so let's take a look at the verse. Let's take, let's take a look at the verse. We've read the main verse here. Let's talk about where treachery comes in here. Keep a close on him. They sent spies who pretended to be sincere. So in the teachers of the law, they weren't too great. They, they didn't even, they, they thought, well, Jesus is on to us. Let's go and send some spies, some espionage, let's get involved in some nefarious deeds and find out what's going on here. And they will use some classic, classic spy techniques. So let's have a look through here. Classic spy techniques here. They appealed to the ego of Jesus. They said to him, good teacher. You know, they sprinkled in some truth. 
they said, well, you know, you do preach the truth. You are, you, you know, so take a look through this. He said, they said, uh, this, he, um, they said, they said to him that he was, he, he was the, he knew what he was talking about. You know, you speak what is, and teach what is right. That you do not show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. All good stuff, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, Jesus, you know, potentially could be filling up. These guys know what they're talking about. Uh, better listen to what they better give us some airtime here. We better give us some. We've got some soundbites here, which is great for me. Let's 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 give let's hear what they've got to say. And then they they start springing the trap. They bring the threat of public exposure. Again, classic espionage technique. You know, <laughs> I was very excited when I was a young man to get into all these spy stories, all these spy movies, James Bond, Spy yeah. Little Ugly. You know, all this kind of Firefox down, all these books and films yes. about spies. And you know, this is the classic technique. Get somebody, get them, get, draw people in, do the honeypots, you know, get them, get them to expose themselves, get them to commit, and then blackmail them to be, to be in a situation where they'd be, that would be terrible. In fact, I was so into my spy stuff mm. that I started doing a doctorate that was pretty much spying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doors are really like, no, you did No, you did A, what? Yes, yes, I did. Because, and when I did my, uh, I, I did my, my education is long and varied. I did my first degree in medical science, and I did a forensic science master's. And after that, I did a doctorate. I started doing a doctorate, I never finished it. Very important point there. Uh, it, was in, it was in, the, the official title was Transnational Infrastructure Protection and Cybercrime. Wow. Uh, you know, hackers, spying, making sure they didn't get that. I was in the Department of War Studies at King's College London. Uh, a few of my peers, there was one guy who, uh, who regularly went to prisons to talk to terrorists, who talked to members of the IRA and kind of get into that sort of thing. Uh, other people in my circle were undercover agents. They go into the May Day riot organising committees and go in and find out what was going on. They kind of go into that sort of world. There was that kind of thing going on. And I myself, went to a hackers convention uh, in East Berlin. Uh, East Berlin! East Berlin! In, uh, in 1999. After the war came down, but uh, it was... No, not before then. It was, it was, it was, a, it was, a, um, it was a hackers convention run by a, a club called the Chaos Computer Club. Okay. Or an East German hacking outfit who actually ended up hacking secrets from West Germans and trying to sell them to the KGB and Stasi. Back in the uh, in the mid nineties, so you know, so I went along as a researcher, um, <laughs> and I was uh, it was it was an interesting thing because because I didn't take along my computer. Everybody just assumed I was a spy, which was kind of the truth, really. <laughs> but that was interesting. That was an interesting weekend. Every time a uh, an aircraft flew overhead, everybody died in their tents. It was it was that kind of paranoia, wow. that real sense of. Paranoia. So, you know, this is this is what the world does. You know, they, these are the spies. These are the kind of world that, that, that Jesus is being kind of taken into here. And they're trying to track him. They're trying to say to him, okay, so they've set up, they've done the setup here. Then they spring the trap. And what's the trap? The trap is the question. He says, they say, <coughs> what is right? Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Perhaps we can rephrase that. 
is it right to pay taxes to, you, to Brussels or not? <laughs> you know, I don't want to bring in politics here, but it's easy for us to kind of rephrase this to kind of see how contentious this will be. And it's, not as, and it's even more contentious than any sort of discussion we have about Brexit here in the UK, because the Romans are an occupying power. They'd taken over. Uh, they were, they were a violent occupation, it was a, it was a foreign power. The Israelites did not like the idea of being under the Roman power, being under Roman authority, paying money to people who were evading you. Yeah. I mean, what the, what the spies are saying here is they're saying to Jesus, listen, do you agree that we should be under occupation or not? That's what they're really asking. Right. They, have the, they have their simple question, but the actual question is much more complicated. So Jesus is effectively put in this trap. Because, you know, he can say, oh yeah, we shouldn't pay taxes, and guess what? He's going to be locked up. He's going to be locked up for the authorities, because we know that these guys are trying to trap him for the authorities. We know that Jesus has been, he's been told, they told him, you speak with authority, you speak the right things, you, you, you are the authority. And they know that the, what the people want to hear is, yeah, don't pay Caesar, don't pay these taxes to the Romans. That's what they want to hear. And Jesus is being invited, oh, come on, say what the people want to hear. Because, you know, really, you could say, you know, Jesus has been talking about religious things, spiritual things. What the tax has got to do with that? Why worry? Why, what would, what would, what, how would it affect Jesus' ministry by talking about taxes? Mm. You know, you could say that. But again, this is the sneaky bit because it's all about putting him in a situation where he exposes himself mm. before the authorities. So, what happens next? Jesus answers with authenticity. Mm. Let's have a look at what he says. He saw for their diversity and said to them, Show me denarius, whose image and inscription are on it. Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, Then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. So, how did, let's have a look at this and see how Jesus approached this. I mean, it's quite a straightforward answer, but there are lots of things in here. First of all, a lot of, a lot of, like a lot of times, Jesus answered the question with another question. Yeah. <laughs> if you read for the, if you read for the gospel, Jesus does this a lot. He kind of takes a question in, then replies with another question, and gets people to think. He, he asks, he asks for an answer. He asks for the truth. He doesn't say, "What do you think? You know, what's your opinion? What's the political situation?" He says, "What is the blunt truth of the situation?" You know, whose face is on that point? He keeps it simple. He doesn't go into this huge theological, political discussion. He doesn't get involved, doesn't get dragged down. <coughs> he keeps calm. You know, I know that when I get asked a question, it's a bit tricky. I can freeze up, I can get panicked, I can get sweaty, I can get anxious. But Jesus is calm. You know, he has the authority. He is the person who has the control of the situation. And then, crucially, he says he invites the people to find the truth to themselves. And he takes the opportunity for this, not just to talk about the issue at hand, the simple issue, he takes it, takes it to take it to a different level. He knows that being the business. He, you know, he sees through that. He doesn't address the duplicity. He doesn't say to them, to the spies, he doesn't say to them, you're here to, you know, to get me into trouble. He doesn't even attempt to 
tell them off or give them a dressing down. He addresses his response to the wider people, to the people who actually are listening to him, who are there to listen to what he wants, to what he's saying about spiritual life. And he says, give to God what is God. There's this two-layer thing. He addresses the immediate answer. He addresses the immediate question. He says, what is the issue here? What is the real issue? He looks at the eternal truth. Mm. He, he, he asks for a simple truth, then goes to a higher truth. These are things we can learn from. There are truths to daily life which we need to, which we need to adhere to. I think thinking about things like 2 Thessalonians 3.10, if a man does not work, he does not eat. Mm-hmm. That's a simple truth. And it's a biblical principle, you know. But then there are higher truths, you know, what do we do with our time? How do we live our lives to God's glory? How do we choose what to do? <clears throat> what is ours that is God's? You know, we talk about here, we, we, Jesus talks about give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And it's easy to see what that is because the, 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 the inscription is on the coin, right? But for us, it's a bit, maybe it's a bit harder for us to look at what is God's. Mm. And Jesus says, give to God what is God's. Mm. And you could say simply, everything we have is God's. Because he's given us life. He's given us time. He's given us family. He's given us salvation. And it's for us to work out in our own lives, what is it at the moment, or even going forwards, I can see that I need to give more, give God some more, more of. I think for me, the last few weeks have been interesting. I've started a new job. Mm. And it's been great. It's been, it's been great, but also quite challenging in ways I didn't expect. Um, my old job, I was getting fed up a bit. I was feeling unstretched. I was feeling uh, the people I was working with were, were not engaged. And now I'm in a situation where I'm very stretched. <laughs> the people I work with are very engaged and very serious about what they do. And uh, I find that quite challenging. It's such a big shift. <laughs> you know, I have to stop and say, gosh, this is, really, this is good. This is good. I don't like it, but it's good. <laughs> it's good to be challenged. And I found myself being just, just really anxious and a bit overwhelmed. And there was a situation this week on Friday, uh, on Thursday actually, where I had a workshop in, in Oxford. I had a, a, an interaction with my line manager, and it wasn't good. They kind of told me a few home truths, which were true. Um, I didn't like them. <laughs> and I was feeling a bit like, oh, I'm not doing great. And I, felt, I felt kind of small and weak. And, and exposed, um, and uh, I felt it was. I realised I hadn't really been taking my myself to God. I hadn't been taking my time out to pray properly. I hadn't been serious about my, my, my spirituality. And I think you know, I just took so. I, I, I on my way to the workshop the next day, I planned to actually take some proper time out. Uh, I. I so left a bit earlier, took a rest on the way in some woodlands I know about, took, a, took 20 minutes, half an hour of prayer in those woods, and it just made such a big difference to the day. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's, like, it's, it's kind of basic, right? I mean, praying, it's basic, but it's something that I need to do so much more of. I need to give so much of my, more of my time, and my attention, my effort. You know, you need to take my problems to God. You know, for me, 
it's challenging for me is to give my problems to God, to make God, to make my problems God's problems. Because I don't like doing that. I kind of feel like, you know what, my problems are my problems. I need to solve them myself because they're my my responsibility. <laughs> I'm very, you know, I, I feel very kind of self-responsible for those things. But actually, God calls us to put our problems on Him. So those are the things mm-hmm. for me that I need to do personally. And so for you, I mean, work out yourself. What do you need to take on? What what is what is God's that you don't necessarily recognise is, is God's, mm-hmm. and then you take that into the week. Yeah. So let's uh, have a look at last. I think also I've got a little sub point I didn't go into before. We 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 touched a little bit on Jesus being invited to engage in the argument, engage mm-hmm. in something which is pointless. I was trying to think how does this relate to what I realised you know what, turn on my computer Facebook, it's all there you know, we're, we're invited multiple times every day to engage, get sucked into arguments which there are a lot of opinions about there are a lot of different opinions there are a lot of different truths out there that ultimately don't actually matter you know, and I'm so glad the election is over <laughs> I'm glad it's so, over. And the and elections, don't get me wrong, what the way the way that we are looked after and the country's run is important. And and there and there are significant things in there which are important to different people. But there are so many different ways of thinking about what's important in the elections. It's so easy to get involved in and get very passionate about things. And this use all your energy on arguing about things which you believe in very strongly. And somebody else believes something completely different about. And you know what? You both have rights to think that way. Now, when you start getting sucked into that thing, it starts becoming a spiritual argument, you start kind of bringing that, you've got to, you've got to step back a little bit and question, is what I'm saying here really about spirituality, or is it about my opinion being right? right. And then we get into the situation where we get sucked into those, into that espionage situation, where we're exposed, where we're you know, where we think, oh, we're right. What I do is right. And we get, and we entrench ourselves in positions. And we just get, and we end up pushing people away from any opinion we might give, anything we want to do, because we got so entrenched in that situation. Mm-hmm. So entrenched in that, in, a, in an endless argument. I think this in, uh, this, there's a really good verse on this one, which is, uh, find it, which is the, uh, don't get involved in endless arguments in genealogies. Which is uh, uh, Titus 3 9. There we are. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Mm-hmm. And Jesus did this exactly here. And he was asked a very specific question about the law. <laughs> and, he, and this is he gave a perfect response here. He swerved it, he, he kind of avoided that, that argument, which was a valid question. It was a valid question, don't get me wrong. But he went to the higher truth. Escaped that bog of conflict and, uh, and just went to the higher ground. Yeah. So let's look and see how this passage wraps up. There's the X. Exposure. I couldn't find anything to do with X, but I thought I'd, I thought I'd give you this. And look at that, I found an embarrassment emoji. Yeah. Wow. See, I'm down with the kids. Yeah. I can do, I can do emojis yeah. as well. So there's one time you'll see me doing anything that's not a smiling. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. 
So, exposure. Let's have a look and see where this exposure comes back here. They were unable to trap him in what he said there in public. And they were astonished by his answer. They became silent. It's quite a nice thing, isn't it? Seeing these spies get caught out. It's pretty cool, isn't it, right? It's, it's good. Watch out. Schadenfreude. Is that the same? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. That great German word. It's very easy to look at. And I want to end this passage with this, uh, in this passage with this word on this. Uh, it's very easy to look at people and say, ah, sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah, and take pleasure, as is here. Pleasure derived by someone someone for another person's misfortune. Mm-hmm. So, quite right. So, um, deriving pleasure from somebody else's misfortune. You know, it, it's... Well, and again, we tend to do that so much. And it's quite easy. I mean, yeah, we all get into it sometimes. I think even, again, the back to the lecture, it's quite easy to say, ah, somebody got a drubbing this one, or this person got kicked out of that area, or this mm-hmm. party. And it's quite easy for us to kind of be like, <laughs> I'd be like little kids in, in, a, in a playground, you know, taking the mick out of people when they, when they go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? It can so easily be us, yeah. right? Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> have you uh, ever been lost for words? Ever been embarrassed? I'll give you an example. You know, I was talking a little bit earlier about my drubbing down last week from my, from my, my manager. Mm. So we had this big conversation with, with, the, with the MD and my line manager on the phone the previous Friday. And they'd given me like, all this really good advice. All this kind of, kind of this basically background about what my role is. And it was a really, really helpful conversation. Unfortunately, I didn't remember any of it. And so I was in this face-to-face conversation with my line manager. And she said quite bluntly, can you just remind me about what we talked about last Friday? And I was like, I know the general stuff, but I, I kind of recall maybe one of the key, three key points we talked about. And I was literally lost for words. I was sat in there with bright red, oh, sat in front of my, my loan manager, oh. thinking this is where I lose my job, um, <laughs> because I can't even, I don't even know what my own job is. I was lost for words, and fortunately that didn't, didn't last long, we, we kind of had a chat about it, there was disappointment expressed, um, but we went through it, and then when we went through it, it was all kind of like, oh yes, obvious, that's, that's obvious, yes, yes, of course, of course, and now I know, yes, that's fine, it's all going back to me now, but I was definitely lost for words, I felt exposed, and I certainly had a few red cheeks uh, at that meeting. Um, so, and I just want to wrap up with this, or be prepared to answer. We've seen some great examples from Jesus here about how he answered. Well, let's just turn over to 1 Peter 3, 15, which is the classic verse about this. Bear with me, with my technology. 1 Peter 3. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Again, think of those higher things. Mm-hmm. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to have the reason for your hope that you have. 
but do this with gentleness and respect. Again, as we've seen Jesus do. Mm -hmm. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better, if it's God will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So, yeah, so I just want to end with that note. So going through, we talked about the treachery, the treachery of the scribes who wanted to trap Jesus, and we talked about the ways in which people can try to trap us in the same sort of ways. We talked about the authenticity, the authenticity of Jesus' response, about how he responded to those questions, how he avoided those traps, how he refocused to a higher purpose. And then finally we wrapped up and talked about the idea of avoiding exposure and avoiding taking pleasure in other people's exposure as well. With that, that's the end of the sermon. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, anyway. Amen. Amen. Amen.